0: Like the players, get down and lay down, lay down and stay down, fall like the players. Can't take a day off, can't take a day off, fall like the players. Get down and lay down, lay down and stay down, can't take a playoff, can't take a day off, can't take a day off. Like
1: Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to a playoff edition podcast of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by our friends over at Celsius. I'm John Ledyard. Along with me is Scott Reynolds of pewterreport.com. Scott, we get to come on, and it's not just we did. We did victory Saturday. We yep. did victory Sunday. But if you think the fact that the Bucks played on Saturday is going to keep us from a victory Monday, you got another thought coming because the Bucks are in the playoffs, and we're having a victory Monday here on the Pewter Report podcast.
0: And why not? I mean, let's keep this party going, right? We had over 6,000 viewers Mm -hmm. just on our YouTube uh, podcast alone from Saturday. And um, uh, uh, listen, uh, everything I've read on Twitter, uh, everything I've I've heard on WDAE, Buccaneer fans are jubilant about making the playoffs for the first time since 2007. And, you know, it's interesting because, during that year uh you know the, the buccaneers had a, a a home playoff game they were right. division champions and they lost to i believe the sixth seed New York Giants that year and the Giants went on to beat the Patriots and uh and win the Super Bowl as a sixth seed so you know it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to to have a, a home playoff game at all to, sure. to win it all right <clears throat> of course john we both know that that the Super Bowl's held at Raymond James Stadium this year. So That's even right. if the Buccaneers don't have a home playoff game at all, they might be playing in the best home uh, field situation possible, <laughs> which is the Super Bowl, something that no other team has ever done. But yeah,
1: when was the last right? time that up? Uh, I can't even remember a scenario where the team that Hosting Super was even in the playoffs that were going for it. I can't, I can't recall that
0: even. It hasn't happened yet, and and let's not get ahead of ourselves though, because Bruce Arians said today on his conference call, eleven and five is the goal. They want that number five seed. So we're going to dive into that. uh, Have some final thoughts uh, as we bury and do the post mortem of the Bucks' demolition of the Lions, forty-seven to seven, and then we'll have our look ahead show. To a game against a feisty Falcons team that took Kansas City mm-hmm. to the brink on Sunday, we'll have that on Wednesday uh, at the the podcast. But um, I'll tell you, John, I think it's about time we get the show on Let's the road do it. With our from Celsius. <laughs> Well, you know, John, um, I, I'm a coffee drinker, and I usually drink coffee, and it, it's something that it's kind of like a religious thing for me. I see you got the Celsius heat there. They'd be the jackfruit, right?
1: Yep, little jackfruit.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I usually have coffee, kind of you know, just gets me going, wakes me up every day. Um, I took uh, three of our four kids to the airport for flights. It's it's winter break, so they're flying across the country, and mm. uh, they had a morning flight. The flight uh, flights left around eight o'clock. I had to have them there, you know, around seven, which meant I had to get up at five thirty to make sure they're up, and we're leaving by six to get down to the airport. So I did not want coffee that that early in the morning, right? Sometimes coffee upsets my stomach a little bit, whatever. So you know what I had instead? This guy right here, orange, not orange juice. Oh, orange Celsius. And this thing woke me up big time at 5.30, gave me all the energy I need. I have not had a nap yet. It's 4 o'clock, John. We're rocking and rolling here on the Pewter Report podcast. And just as you would come to expect, Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. That's what I had today, John, at 5.30 in the morning. It was one of these Celsius, the earliest I've ever had a Celsius. And it worked. Thank God.
1: Yeah. No, I mean – I did not have a great night of sleep last night. So if you're a mattress provider out there, or you know a mattress provider out there, come advertise at purereport.com. We've got record-setting traffic right now and the record-setting podcast numbers as well. So uh, come advertise with us and uh, I will probably buy a mattress from you.
0: <laughs> and you but- know what, speaking of buying, if you want to buy Celsius, I can tell you exactly where to get it. Go to Celsius.com, click on that store locator, put in your zip code and find the Celsius retailer near you. Uh, Publix in, in the Tampa Bay area has them. Uh, target um, convenience stores all across the the Bay area and also across the country too. I'm just talking here locally for for the folks that, that live in the Tampa Bay area, but they'll ship it anywhere and all you got to do is go to pewterreport.com click on the Celsius banners. They'll take you to Amazon. You can buy them in bulk and if you're not sure which kind to get, get the variety pack mm-hmm. and try a whole bunch of flavors and mm-hmm. find Celsius uh, taste that that fits you the best and, uh, and save some money along the way.
1: Right. we'll I mean, tell you when I get up like that though, and don't have any, you know, I'm dragging or you know, whatever to start my morning. Cause I get up early for my morning workout. So like I get up and, and I got to get after it cause then the kids are getting up. And so and when I'm dragging, like I was this morning, man, if I don't have a couple, I mean, I take, take one of these with me over to the gym and, you know, drink it in the car while I'm, I mean, it helps a ton get me started. So if you're a morning workout person, like I am, uh, definitely uh, check out Celsius. Some really great, great stuff. Speaking Jordan, of Durr, started. let's go. Twenty twenty one super chat donations Simply because we we're in the playoffs in twenty twenty one. That's awesome stuff. And the Bucs are in the playoffs in twenty twenty one. Listen, everybody, the super chats have been unbelievable for us. Scott and I were actually just talking about how we need to talk about. Look at our super chat. Uh, how many we've gotten in uh, over the past over the season really, and uh, figure out how we're going to use it to make the podcast better. So we appreciate it. It is helping take this podcast to the next level where it needs to be. Yes. If you want to uh, donate Super Chat, I think it's in the bottom, like right hand corner or something. There's a little money thing you donate uh, any amount that you want. I think in there too. Um, and yeah, just drop us something that's going to make the podcast better, going to make the content better at PeterReport.com. That's what it's all going to. So uh, we appreciate y'all helping Thank us. keep this thing. Awesome. It. Yeah. It really kicking, right. Kicking things off on a great note. Scott, we've got a lot to talk about. We are going to get to questions. So if people have questions, I already seen a couple of them in the chat, keep start dropping us some questions. And we, even if we don't answer them right away, don't get frustrated. We'll come back to, them. we usually start with a yeah. topic and discuss things. And then we will come back through the list and try and answer as many uh, as we can spread out and, and try and tackle at least the best ones we get a lot on these shows. And so we'll try to focus on all of them, but Scott playoff scenarios are now like we've kind of almost moved on from the lions game. There are things we'll bring up as we go through the show. And as we answer questions about the lions game, I rewatched the game once on the broadcast and I'm going through the all 22 now, but I've seen almost the whole thing except for the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm which I don't know how much it even mattered at that point, but there is uh, some takeaways, but not as many take the lines were truly pathetic, uh, especially against the run. I mean, some of the runs bucks runs were crazy. You guys were just 10 yards off the ball. You just don't see that stuff in the NFL. So, uh, but I still think the 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 best conversation we can start today's show off with is playoff scenarios and opponents. And just to run through the scenarios quickly, the Bucks lock into the five seed if they win next week, and they're mm-hmm. playing their starters against Atlanta, so they lock into the five seed if they win that game. They can still get the five seed if they lose, and 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 the Rams, who are playing right. the Cardinals, lose. Now the Rams are pro- might be without Jared Goff, who broke his thumb. Yeah. But the problem is the Cardinals might be without Kyler Murray, who hurt his leg. They just announced mm-hmm. that. So now it might be Chris Stravler versus uh, John <laughs> Wolford for the the whoever yeah. gets the playoffs there. And the Bears are laughing, but the Bucs also could have really used you know that Cardinals help just in case they slip up against Atlanta. And yeah. so they might not have the Cardinals might not have the advantage we we maybe thought that they would. And so the Bucs kind of those are their scenarios for the five seed. They can lose, but have the Rams lose, and they still get the five seed no matter what happens with anybody else. They mm-hmm. could also end up with a six seed. They can't get any lower than the six seed. But if they lose and the Rams win, the Bucs would have the six seed. Right, all different outcomes though. Like there's still three potential teams they could play. They're playing the four seed if they're the five. If the, the Bucks end up as a five seed, they're playing the four seed, the winner of the NFC East. Right. But that could be Washington if Washington wins against Philadelphia on Sunday night or it could be the winner of Dallas and New York Giants game. Um, Depending who wins that game, if Washington were to lose, whoever wins Cowboys, Giants would then play the Bucs in the first round, if the Bucs are the five seed. The Bucs are the six seed. They could also play the Saints, the Packers, and Seattle, depending on who wins their games on Sunday. Now, the Saints are favored over the Panthers. The Seahawks are favored over the 49ers, and the Packers are probably, I'm sure, favored by a good bit over the Bears. Bears are playing better, but the other two seem like they should go to Seattle and should go um to should go to New Orleans. So if everything plays out as expected and those three teams win in those situations, I think it's the Packers who Packers would be the first seed, Saints would be the second seed, Seattle would be the third seed. And as the sixth seed, if the Bucks were to lose and the Rams were to win the Bucks would end up playing Seattle in that situation. So hopefully you tracked with me on all of that. Yeah,
0: John, can you repeat that? I, I got a little lost.
1: <laughs> hopefully Don't you tracked with me on all of that.
0: It, I mean, it seems they, like
1: the most likely scenarios is the Bucks are the sixth seed playing Seattle, right. or if they're the fifth seed, they're playing the winner of the NFC East, whoever you think that might right. be. As Those I call the most NFC
0: likely. least. You know? right, the and NFC if, least. If you, if you didn't follow John, you can go to pewterreports.com. John had a story. Last night I've got a story today that, that wraps up the entire playoff picture, so you can you can read it over and get a visual from it there. Um, but but it, listen, I, I, I think that that we heard from Bruce Arians today. This team wants to finish eleven five. They want that five seed. They want to play the winner of the
1: um, of really the NFC
0: the division He wants to win. He didn't you know, say that, though.
1: Bruce, didn't, Bruce yeah. didn't say anything about wanting to play the winner. I don't know where yeah. you're getting that, Scott. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, that's that's uh, that's where 25 years of reading between the lines and <laughs> these press conferences comes into play. He wants to play. And you know why, John? It's real simple because whoever that is, if it's Dallas, if it's the Giants, if it is, I almost said the Redskins, sorry, old habits die hard, the Washington football team, um, whoever it is is going to have a losing record. And it's a damn shame that the NFL is is in such a state where where they're they're allowing teams with 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 shitty records with with losing records. It, yeah. it burns me up because you know you could have a, a team that wins ten games like the Buccaneers uh, back in in twenty ten. Uh, you know they they didn't make the playoffs, and uh, and and I'm not saying that they should have necessarily, but but that was a year I believe Seattle was seven and nine, and it just uh, I, I don't think that I think to, to qualify for the playoffs, I, whether you're a division winner or not, you have to be at least 500. I, like, I can put up with a 500 record, but a losing record is just ridiculous, especially when nobody wants to win it. And, and the thing is, the Buccaneers, John, with with the Las Vegas Raiders losing, the Raiders now have a losing record. Now the, the Buccaneers are nine and zero against teams with losing records, including the Detroit Lions, who they beat on Saturday.
1: Right. I mean, we've, we are confirmed, as you mentioned, I think that, that there's going to be a team with a losing record that wins the NFC East, which is crazy and is ridiculous. I'm fine for valuing divisions to a point, but we cannot right. be valuing them to the point that teams with losing records are hosting games. Luckily, like you said, the Bucs are good against teams with losing records this year. They have not, for the most part, played down to competition. And they are uh, good on the road this season, so it, yeah. neither are huge concerns or like will be major talking points for us. Really leading into the game, I think the bigger question is Scott that I have for you is like who would you most want them to play? You know, if 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 this yeah. if you could pick Washington, Dallas, and the Giants, who do you think they match up with? Maybe out of those three teams, the best.
0: I would say Washington because their offense doesn't scare me one bit. I, mm-hmm. I, they have a hard time putting points in the board. Now their defensive right. line, when they're on uh, with Chase Young and Jonathan Allen and Ryan Kerrigan, I mean it's it's a host of first round draft picks across right. the, the the front there. Montez Sweat from Mississippi State. So they've got a lot of talent there. And the Buccaneers have struggled when it comes to facing teams with good defensive lines. The Rams, the Bears, the Saints, the Chiefs, all of those teams uh, made. Tom Brady uncomfortable and and sacked yeah. him and intercepted him. And so, in my my opinion, if the offensive line comes to play, if the tight ends and backs block and give Brady time, and they put up enough points on the board, which honestly against the the Washington football team might be 21 points. I don't right. see the the, the W uh, FT having the firepower to be able to come mm-hmm. back. Now the Cowboys can put points on the board, right? Like, they've got a trio of very talented wide receivers. CeeDee Lamb, the rookie. Um, they've, they've got uh, – um, I'm drawing a blank. Who's their star receiver?
1: Terry McLaurin. Are you talking about the Cowboys?
0: Cowboys, yeah. Amari Cooper, CeeDee
1: Lamb. Amari Cooper, Lam, Cooper thank Magu you. Gallup, yes, Amari yeah. Cooper.
0: Uh, old man moment there. Amari Cooper and uh, and Michael Gallup. So, uh, that that's a group that can put points on the board that the Cowboys defense doesn't really scare me that much. The Giants – I'm not really afraid of them other than uh, they committed to the run. I thought Jason Garrett came with a very good game plan against the Buccaneers, and they kind of yeah. exposed the Bucs' run defense a little bit. And right. uh, I, I think that, that uh, any of those teams, I think the Buccaneers can beat. But I would say Washington is the team that I'm probably least concerned of. John, how
1: about you? Giants are the team I'm least concerned about because I don't think their offensive line can really play. And that group was better for a little bit of time, including the last time the Bucs played them, but they've really struggled again in recent weeks. They seem to have a quarterback. I don't know if controversy is the right word or just no solution at that position at all. Uh they don't have really a veteran. I know they have Colt McCoy there, but they don't have a guy to like lean on who's done it. Alex Smith's done it. And so, you know, if Washington has him back, I still feel better about Washington. Washington's defense truly. Outstanding. They haven't necessarily played the best offenses recently, but I mean, the Browns to, to nine points, the Cowboys to 16 points. That's a good offense. The Steelers, I know their offense was reeling, but to 17 points, the 49ers to 15 points, Seattle to 20 points, Panthers to 20 points. And one of those, I think, was a was a special teams touchdown, I'm pretty sure, for Carolina on a muff. It's on the very mid. unit, you know? I mean, he so, pers- yeah, I mean, like, they've literally been amazing, like, this season. Yeah. I mean, and they don't have, like, nobody, I mean, they're, they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody, you know what I mean? They just have a bunch of guys, like, other than their D line, like, their linebackers yeah. aren't anything to write home about. Their safeties right. are, like, undrafted, you know what I mean? They're, yeah. it's just a great scheme. And so they have really have a good unit. I don't feel like the Giants really have a good unit, but also, I don't think the Giants, I'll be shocked if they beat Dallas and I'll be shocked. To be honest, Dallas is the scariest team to me, and, and I'll tell you why. Because they have legitimate firepower on offense. Three wide receivers that are truly, really good players. Yeah. Amari Cooper is a difference maker. He is the type of receiver the Bucks have struggled this season. Guys that can create as route winners, I think Calvin Ridley, I can think Tyree Hill. They're not having so many problems with big X receivers on the outside type, but guys who can play all over, can separate at the top of the routes. They don't have corners that defend that well in those situations and he's man he is outstanding um and gallup is a guy who's coming along cd lamb has been unbelievable in the slot as a rookie i mean there's just that's the team that's scary you know it is i mean it doesn't mean doesn't mean you don't want them you know over some of the other teams in the nfc playoff picture but they can produce on offense again dalton has not done it in the playoffs we know that he's never won a playoff game and so there is that working against them if if they Get pressure on Andy Dalton. It's probably yeah. curtains, and the and the I Cowboys' agree. offensive line is not great. But the Cowboys do have a good defensive so line. You the mentioned that's
0: line has just been decimated with injuries, right? Right, been crushed.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and so I and I that up on the other side of the ball. I think okay, Cowboys' defensive line is a group that could impact the game a little bit. Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory's having a good year since he's been back. Yeah. Um So they their defense is playing better. It's still not a good unit. Right. You know, like I said, on paper the Bucks still should win, but it would be the scariest potential matchup me so if i'm you know i don't truly care because i'm saying any any scenario the bucks should win and should be favored uh, and they need to get the job done so it's not an excuse for anything but i would prefer out of the options to see the giants come out of it if not the giants then, then washington because like you i'm just not sure i mean terry mclaurin's hurt right now too i don't even know what state he'll be in um, they just don't have a lot of offensive firepower, even though I think they're pretty well coached and, and don't well, make many mistakes right now.
0: John, we talked about who they might play, who, who we would want to see them play if they held on to that five seed. Greg DeCruz coming with a super chat for us. Uh, when do you think the Bucks will play on Card weekend? I'm thinking Saturday night in primetime. i I think either Saturday night or Sunday afternoon, I think one of those two primetime slots, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. is. Is, is when when they'll try to put Tom Brady in the Buccaneers. Yikes!
1: Not Saturday night, please. <laughs> no night games.
0: <laughs> I know. You can't right? Do
1: it, Scott. What happens to this team at night? Oh man. Yeah.
0: Well, they, why do coming up At some point in time, they got to get over it, John. Because if That's they want to get to the Super Bowl, they can't petition to have the Super Bowl start at one o'clock. It's not going to happen. True. That's
1: right. But I will say it's interesting. The playoffs only, you know, in the playoffs, normal normal windows. There's only like. I don't know unless you count 430, 330 games as night games. I don't know yeah. whether we um whether we could do that or not. But um no, I think that this, you know, there's only one night game and the Bucs probably get put in it with their luck. And so uh we'll see how that unfolds. An interesting question here, and uh, we appreciate that, Haas Wide Duke. Yeah. Uh always appreciate you tuning in and, and checking into the podcast. Now Angela says what team in the NFC would be the best to beat the Saints in the playoffs so we don't have to play them. I like this question for a couple of reasons. Number one, this is the important thing to think about because matchups mm-hmm. matter, especially in the playoffs. Um, number two, I really think the Saints are the worst matchup for the Bucks, right? Like, I mean, yeah, they they have multiple guys who can cover man to man. They switch up right. their coverages a ton. Look at what they did to Mahomes. I mean, they get, they switch up their coverage shells. There's just not easy to game plan anything. I think the Bucks will have a better game plan than they had last time, hopefully. But they can get pressure with four. They can blitz. Their linebackers can cover. You know, they just they kind of have all the pieces to defend you. And then, oh, by the way, what the Bucks do on defense or have trended to do on defense has been like a horrible fit for what the Saint, how the Saints like to attack. And so, yeah. you know, they, they would have to play way better defensively to have a chance. They are not putting up 35 points on the Saints defense, I don't think. And that's fine, you know, but the defense has to show up. Last time they didn't even show up. And so yeah. the offense was in a bad situation basically from the start of the game um and so yeah that's the key in that situation which at team in the nfc the best to be saints in the playoffs scott this is why i want the Rams still in the playoffs i still i can't believe we're literally talking about a rams team that might not make the playoffs because they lost to the jets and the browns are in the same thing in the afc by the way but I, I really feel like the Rams are still a good team, and I maybe I, they're not as good as I thought they were a few weeks ago, and that's mainly just because of Jared Goff. When he's great, though, he could. you never know when that's going to come for him, where he could snap in and have a great game, and the defense is outstanding. I think they could shut down a lot of what the Saints do, and they get a break here or there. They get a return, something like that. I think they could win a low-scoring game against the Saints. I don't think the Cardinals or the Bears have a, have a prayer. I know the Bears played them close early in the season, but come on. I mean, the Bears aren't. Not this Saints defense, man. The Bears aren't doing anything against them. You know, Cardinals are just too up and down as a team. I don't see how they threaten the Saints really. Um, to me, it's only, it's Rams or bust in terms of teams that could beat the Saints in the first round.
0: Yeah, I really haven't given this much thought, but I think really um, what the Saints have to look out for are the refs more than anything. <laughs> they've, they've gotten absolutely jobbed. They really have. As back to back years as a thirteen and three. Home playoff game, NFC South champion. Uh, they've beaten themselves uh, in in some instances, and and they've let they've put themselves in position where where they where they've gotten beat by the officials with with a couple of calls. The Rams two years ago, last year uh, was with the uh, the Vikings, right? Mm-hmm. Came in and, and, and beat Vikings, them.
1: Yeah, push off, Kyle Rudolph in the end zone, yeah. clear push off, and that yeah. And
0: then two years before that, it was the Vikings uh, in the. You know, that was a
1: self inflicted one, one, but yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, really, the Saints, it's interesting because the Saints are the bully, right? They've got the bully mentality over the Buccaneers. They don't fear Tampa Bay at all. Right. And and I think they're in the Bucks' head a little bit. We'll have to wait and see. And, and at some point in time, you got to rise up against the bully and you got to punch the bully in the mouth and beat him, even if it's on their own turf. We saw the Bucks have to do that many, many moons ago in 2002 against the Philadelphia Eagles at the vet. Thanks to Rondé Barber and company, they did. But I just I wonder the Saints have been here before, right? I mean they're yeah. they're they're in double digit wins, won the division fourth year in a row, oh, yeah. and you have to wonder <clears throat> if. And the reason why bullies are bullies is because there's something wrong inside, right? Whether it's the heart, the mind, whatever, hmm. um, they're they pick on other people because of self-deficiencies, right? That's kind of the, the yeah. ammo of the bully. Insecurities, right. Insecurities. And you have to wonder how insecure the Saints are. Wow. Um, Look like, at this parallel. I'm just saying, right? <laughs> okay. It's like you have to wonder, now that the Saints are in it again and have another home field uh, game, and at least in round one. Uh, yeah, is
1: it in their heads, you know?
0: Is it in their heads? And, and it's going to be interesting to see, because the Saints have been a team that has woefully underachieved Uh, in the playoffs. And and, and also to the pressure, John, the pressure, everybody in that Saints locker room knows it's not going to be the same Saints team next year. Drew Brees isn't going to be on it. Drew Brees is going to be done. He's going to be broadcasting games next year. So this is their (laughs) last shot, the last hurrah before they blow it up. They're $93 million over the salary cap next year. By far the worst cap situation of any team. So having said that, do they use and them?
1: that's not counting Drew Brees? By the way, he's right. he's a free agent, so he's not in that factor for any fans that yeah, might be exactly. thinking, "Oh, well, he retired." No. Yeah. It was or or if
0: you just cut Brees, you save the money. No, he's not. He's right. not on the cap. So, do the Saints use this last hurrah opportunity to finally put it all together and do what they did? What in two thousand five? I think was it, was it two thousand five? They won the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. Katrina. No. Uh, it was cool. – it was later than that, two thousand
0: nine. I want to say. Okay, uh, or or did this the Saints just implode because of the pressure once again?
1: Right. I mean that that's the storyline that every Saints fan is kind of wondering. It feels like the Saints haven't really played that poorly in the playoffs. They've just, like you said, like it's been like really freak things. Like yeah. you know when they were going to that game against Minnesota, I don't think anybody was like, oh, the Saints will win by fifty, and then you know that ends up being a close game late. I just think. You know they had it and and they and they let it go in that game. You know, and then the other two was kind of like yeah, like you said. It was, I mean, clearly they should have been in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and they probably would have beat them that year. That to me yeah. was one of the hardest swallow moments. I mean, I, I'm not no Saints fan, obviously, not even before I worked for right. Peter Report, but I mean, there was probably. As just a pure football fan, who actually I think in that I was really I liked the Rams and I've always liked Sean McVay, so I think I was actually kind of rooting for the Rams in that game at the time. Yeah, but I was just like, oh my gosh, this is this is wrong, like this is very wrong, you know. And and so yeah, that was a that was one of those moments that man just um they they, so they've been in it, they've been there, and they've I think even been the better team at times, and it hasn't mattered. And so will he get the job done now when Drew Brees is as limited as he is? Scott, I don't think people realize. I know Drew Brees has played a couple less games, I think four less games than Tom yeah. Brady this season, but just using Brady as a, as a comparison, Brady has thrown the most deep ball attempts in the league this season, 20-plus yards or more in the like, air, and he's completed the most in the league. This is updated stats after all yesterday's games came in. Yeah. He's, thrown, he's attempted the most and completed the most. Drew Brees has attempted, I think Brady's attempted like 82.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Drew Brees has attempted 24 on yeah. the season. And he's completed wow. ten, Scott. So they really are only throwing the ball down the field if it's wide open. Right. Like they've got to scheme it wide open. There is yeah. no nothing like the Bucks' offense. You could not have two different quarterbacks right now at this point in their careers and in going in different directions. One is making smart throws a lot of the time but the easiest throws on the field consistently right. the other one is making the highest degree of difficulty throws in the field but then it's about the saints offense too that is consistently scheming up great yep. scenarios for the quarterback and the bucks offense is moving in that direction mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks which is really exciting to see and now we'll just have to see what well, a larger sample the, size tells
0: us you know what else is exciting to see this 299 super chat from logan well, right. there. so we really appreciate that and and Anthony pap one says, is there any way to send Super Chats on Periscope? Only through YouTube. It's only through YouTube. However, if you if you want to make a donation to pewterreport.com, you can go to pewterreport.com backslash donation. And we've got a couple options. You can click on the one-time donation for as little as $10 or any denomination you want, really. Or you can become a, a monthly donor where you can give as little as $3 a month or as much as $9 a month. Uh, to help our efforts here at pewterreport.com bring you the best Bucks coverage possible, not just in the regular season, John, but in the playoffs. So we appreciate all of the money that uh, that the Buccaneer fans have been giving us and the Peter Report readers, listeners, and viewers have been um, uh, bestowing upon us. And, John, that's not the only way uh, that we get money around here. You know that, right?
1: That's true.
0: Uh, because you know who was smart enough to bet big on the bucks over the lions <laughs> oh. <laughs> this week this guy you know Let's where go. i did it. you know where i did it my bookie of course did it at my bookie and listen um uh, every sports fan knows it's not about how you start the season of bets it's about how you finish just take that that falcons game a couple weeks ago right They started awful, 17-0 in the hole, and they finished with a flurry, uh, 31 points in the second half to beat the the Falcons 31-27. At my bookie, 2020 finishes strong with NFL, college bowl games, the return of the NBA, NHL right around the corner. Sign up today and receive a halfway deposit match up to $1,000. And while you're at it, ring in the holidays with six days of giveaways. You heard it here first, from December 21st through the 26th, MyBookie was hooking players up with free bets, casino chips, blackjack tournaments, huge cash prizes all week long. What do they have in store for 2021? Check out the website, mybookie.ag, and find out. To get in on the action, it's simple. Sign up, make your first deposit, enter the promo code Pewter, claim your bonus, and start taking advantage of all of the winning opportunity you're going to have at MyBookie. Head over to my bookie to discover a bunch of on-site promotions to ring in the new year. And listen, the holiday season is still here. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. Use promo code Pewter, John. That's promo code Pewter, and 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 place your bets and ring in the new year in style with some cash in your pocket, just like I did.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the way to go. And the bucks definitely made you happy. Happy man in multiple ways, actually, on Saturday. Yep. And So uh, that is pretty awesome. Definitely head over to my bookie and clean up this last week, uh, week seventeen of uh, the regular season and into the playoffs as well. Um, somebody mentioned retiring Drew Brees. The Bucks retiring Drew Brees. I mean, obviously, that would be a pretty great moment for Tampa Bay fans. <laughs> well,
0: Easier said than done. Hawks why Drew is a good in, point. Would be like in, in two thousand two when the Bucks closed down the vet. Right. That's
1: right. Yeah, it would be similar to that. Yeah, type of moment, only probably more personal for Bucs fans yeah. that have been victimized by him. Hoss why guess is the answer against the Saints' offense to just play cover one press. And you know, it's interesting. The, the everybody will compare the Steelers' offense and the Saints' offense. Obviously, people found a way to to solve the Steelers' offense for the most part until the Colts messed it up the other night. But uh, they really found ways to, to like basically disrupt everything that the Steelers were doing and force them to throw the ball down the field. Steelers right. got a bunch of penalties the other day, and they, and they hit two of those passes, and so it was enough, you know. But I again, I think the Colts' philosophy for most of that game was pretty good, and you could see how mm-hmm. out of sorts the Bucs were in, or the Steelers were, and so I think you with know, the Saints, it's a little bit different. I do think the answer is to play more man coverage. the The yeah. worst thing you could possibly do is do what the Bucs did last game, as evidenced by yeah. the numbers, by eyes, by logic, anything. Like you can't drop in spot drop into zones against your breeze. Right. That that'll get you killed quick. Um, yeah. but, the, but the the other thing is when you're playing press man against the Saints, they have a ton of man beaters. So you're going to have to communicate and work through them and get mm-hmm. physical with guys at the line of scrimmage. That would seem to be the M.O. of the Bucks' corner. So, again, it seems like it's a good fit. You have to try it. You're not going to get a stop every single play against him. You're just not. Right. But, again, that's the way to do it. And then you have to come up, I think, with pressures that the Saints haven't seen before. Brees can't sit back all day. He's too smart. He'll see it. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll pick it apart. He's not going to make a mistake more than anything back there. Uh, he doesn't take bad sacks and he doesn't throw picks under pressure. Um, so you have to find a way to disrupt him at least a few times in the game. And you have to accept the fact that you're probably not going to do it with four. The Bucs went in last game and they said, we're going to get pressure with four. Their four is good, but it's not as good as the Saints offensive line. Saints offensive line is dominant, especially the tackle positions. And so I think that that is going to be the key to the game is drawing up a couple pressures that create mistakes and put the Saints behind the eight ball on offense um, and then being able to defensively match up with their receivers, who again, you know, they're good, good receivers across the yeah. board. Especially Michael Thomas is back for the playoffs. Um, so even with Breeze limitations, I mean, everywhere else they're probably best roster in the NFC, other than the quarterback position. You know, if you're ranking quarterbacks in the NFC, there's no way they're in the top four. You know, for for quarterbacks, you know, they're just not. Um, and so that's where their limitation comes in compared mm-hmm. to the other uh, teams. And so we'll yeah. see how it all uh, comes out. There's not just one straight answer, obviously. You're not playing cover one every single snap, but if you're playing two high safeties against the Saints, I it's really think you're case. doing it wrong.
0: It's a waste, too, and you, and, and you really can't afford to do that because Kamara, you know, although he's not the best runner, he certainly showed that he can put touchdowns on the board and carry the ball yeah. uh, when needed. And I think sometimes you do have to get an extra guy in the box down there and take that away. Um, you know, John, as Greg DeCruz points out, in, in 2002, the Bucks lost to the Saints twice, still won the Super Bowl. So,
1: mm-hmm. lots of people yeah. talked about that after that second
0: yeah. Bucks loss. But, I didn't
1: know about that. Obviously, and,
0: and, the, and the thing is this: it, I, I just I'm I'm in total agreement with you. You know, I love playing press man coverage, especially mm-hmm. with with the corners that the Bucks have. Um, there is not a speed guy on the Saints anymore. Emmanuel Sanders is is a shell of his former self. He's not a four four guy like right. he used to be. Uh, Michael Thomas is a possession receiver. And uh, you know, you look at they used to have the likes of Ted Ginn, right? I mean, they don't yeah. have that that deep threat anymore that where you have to double a wide receiver with, with the safety help over the top. In my opinion, you want to be physical. And the way to get to Breeze and force him into mistakes and sack him is to get him to hold on to the ball. So if you can jam those guys at the line of scrimmage. To where it disrupts the timing between the quarterback and the receiver. That's how you pressure Breeze into making mm-hmm. mistakes and getting to him. So, uh, to me, that's the mo. Uh, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves. You know, by I the way, but we're talking doing our due diligence. We're answering Andrew, questions.
1: The best from, thing uh, is that it's pretty unlikely that they would. You know, unless the Packers blow it against the Bears, it's pretty unlikely. And you know, I mean, again, you'd have to figure out the seating. But the Saints are the least probably the least likely other than the Packers round one opponent. And then, if, right. you know, the saints and Seahawks finish at the two and three seeds and they win and the bucks win, you know, then you would be talking about the bucks going to play green Bay and the saints and Seahawks playing each other. So the saints seem like right now, unless unexpected things happen, which always is possible in the NFL, the least likely team for the bucks to face until the NFC championship game at that point. So yeah. a couple opportunities for somebody else to get the job done, but honestly, like, we talk about these things cuz I know the fans think about them and they like to hear about them but honestly Scott I'm really of the opinion I know you probably share this thought too is that you get into the playoffs you got to beat teams like it doesn't matter like who you play like yeah. you know everybody's going to talk about oh they won one playoff game you know or oh, yeah. they didn't win any playoff game it doesn't really matter like right. you know if you win one against Washington or Dallas everybody's going to say oh you know Washington and Dallas that what well, that doesn't even count you know and and then right. you know so yeah. it yeah. doesn't matter you got to beat a good team eventually anyway so who cares if you play them in the first that's why I don't really I don't particularly care if the Bucks end up with a sixth seed and they have right. to play Seattle instead of Dallas. Obviously, I'd rather play Dallas if I'm them, but at the end of the day, like you got to beat a good team to get to where you're going. It doesn't really matter if it happens in the first round or the next round, in my
0: opinion. John, we got a question from Eric Cullison, a good friend of, of the pod here. If Carlton Davis is healthy, does the team make the move to Dean on the outside and Cockrell in the slot? That means SMB goes to the bench. Uh, if you're reading Eric's question correctly. So, uh, what would you do, John? Have you seen enough of Sean Murphy bunting? And have you seen Ross Cockrell where you want to see him in the spot over SMB?
1: Yeah, no, I want to, I want Ross Cockrell to play. I mean, there's no doubt, you know, just uh, you just evaluate everything evenly and who's been the better player. And it's clearly been Cockrell. And so I don't think SMB is like totally hopeless. There were some good things about the Lions game. There were some things that if there'd been a better quarterback, better receivers. It would not have been a great day for him. I mean, you know, he again, his lack of ball skills astounds me. I mean, I don't know how he didn't make a play at the end of that half on that ball. I know that floater out there, which by the way, JPP literally had three sacks yeah. yesterday, and he was, and they were all one like he literally, I think the quarterback might have been down at that one at the end of the half. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't get the call. I couldn't see it from the from the all twenty two angles. Then he had the one Golston got there a millisecond before him and took the right. quarterback down as JPP was getting. Then he had the one where he got juked out by David Blau and you know yeah. that's on him. But he literally got had a three sack day. He was great.
0: Um, he had a three sack day and a pick six. If you would have oh uh, and a
1: pick six, you're right? Like it was like the most missed opportunity. I got to yeah. do it. I got to do a thread on that on Twitter because he literally had. Yeah. I mean, he had NFC Player of the Week. He'd wrapped had, up. Right there in his
0: hands.
1: And he <laughs> he did it, out. and it's just completely like John, all the other
0: It's a Bucks victory Monday Q&A. Well, let's keep the questions coming. Okay. Long lost laser, John. Is Raheem Morris mm-hmm. petty enough to go all out on doubling and bracketing Mike Evans every play? Would suck to see him get the Megatron treatment. Um <laughs> I don't care if they double-team him, triple-team him. The Buccaneers are going to manufacture ways to get Mike the ball. We even saw him. Uh, get the wide receiver screen, something that's typically reserved for Scotty Miller couple, and, of those, John, yeah. and and Chris Godwin. So even if you got to throw that play uh, you know, at the Falcons eight times for five yards a pop, get those 40 yards any way you can. So I think they can manufacture, uh, even if they're force-feeding on eight wide receiver screens for five-yard gains, they're going to get Mike Evans the 40 yards he needs to reach 1,000. Uh, double or triple teams be damned, John.
1: Yeah. I mean, these games are so annoying, Scott, to be honest. Like, I mean, I want Evans to get a thousand too, but I, I mean, just think about it from a coach perspective. Like you really want to be healthy. Like really, I mean, you could say what you want. The fifth or sixth seed, it doesn't matter compared to your health, but you also yeah. want to play. You want to keep your edge and it's a division rival and you want to get to 11 and five. I agree with them. 11 and five looks a lot better than 10 and six, but again, compared to the fifth or sixth seed it's it doesn't really matter you know what i mean so yeah. you have to weigh all of this stuff and then oh by the way you're trying to get mike evans a thousand yards the other team knows it because you've said it obviously so normally it's just there's one agenda every week win the game but they, yeah. no matter what they say there are clearly other agendas this week i mean Carlton davis isn't 100 if this is a super boys playing it's if it's not yeah. it's not you know he's probably not and you probably shouldn't play like you shouldn't put anybody who's banged up and so you have to weigh all these things to coach like who am i resting who's healthy enough to go where i don't look like i'm not trying in this game and the other everybody else thinks i'm winning and oh by the way the playoff game in two weeks is going to be way more important so there are just so many things going on i i can't stand games like this because if they lose everybody will want to be crazy but i don't know how much stock to put into it but i also think losing where your focus is all over the place doesn't prepare you all for the next game. So just go out there and win, to be honest. And I yeah. hope you find a way to get Mike Evans a, a thousand. Um, you know, I, agree. I don't yeah. think Raheem Morris is going to bracket Mike. I mean, he's just going to get killed by other people. If he, oh yeah. I just, no not. Not. And, so and situationally it, maybe, but
0: uh. as Haas juke says, how do you guys feel about this upcoming Falcons matchup? Uh, was a close call last time they played KC. tough too. We'll get more into that on Wednesday, but really quick, uh, i got to give the Falcons a lot of credit. I mean, Yes, they they don't know how to close games. They they choke. They've mastered that uh, the ability to choke. Like I've said before, uh, they are uh, they could teach a master class in choking. That's just that's just a, the Atlanta Falcons for you. And it's it's unfortunate that Raheem Morris couldn't turn that corner with this Falcons team. If you're an Atlanta fan, I could care less if they ever mm-hmm. turn the corner. In my opinion, I've never <laughs> really liked the Falcons outside of when, when <laughs> Deion Sanders and the Dirty Birds were there. I liked them during that. Little playoff run they had with the, with the Andre badmoon Rising and Chris Miller at quarterback that was kind of a fun underdog team mm-hmm. to watch but uh, so yeah if the Falcons are, are the the perennial NFC South doormat uh, it's fine with me but uh, I do have to applaud how how tough they're playing I mean this is not the Detroit Lions John right I mean they right. took Kansas city you know, young hoku their kicker who's normally reliable misses a kick that would have tied the game for mm-hmm. him right there at the end and um the chargers of the nfc yeah yeah i mean the, the falcons will play you tough they're not going to come in and lie down uh like the lions did and, yeah. and I, I, you have to give them credit so i think it's going to be but, a close. i do
1: i mean this is what's crazy about atlanta is there is almost no way to like i mean you can't make this stuff up they're playing the saints in a close game. i no, it's the saints without breeze twice but i mean I mean, you're playing the Saints close. The Saints are still a good team even without Breeze. I mean, you can argue that they did a lot of things offensively that they, you know, didn't do with them in there. And 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 they held them, you know, their defense is playing way better. I mean, they held the Saints four points, 21 points. Uh, you know, they they whooped the Raiders in a good offense, you know, they whipped them 43 to 6. I mean, they held the Raiders six points. like you know, they have done some good things without that much talent. The playing the Saints close twice, playing the I mean, they held the Bucks scoreless for half, then got destroyed. I mean We looked at that and kind of like, okay, the Bucs did what they had to do against a bad defense. I'm not so sure that's the case. Like, the Falcons have legitimately been a good defense, and I probably didn't put enough stock into this going into the the last game. Watching them against the Chiefs yesterday, I was like, man, like this group, they probably forced Patrick Mahomes into his worst game as an NFL player. I mean, that, yeah, when it's all said and done, that might be the greatest quarterback of all time against the defense with a bunch Mm of dudes. I mean, like, they're, they're, they don't have anybody, you know, so. I don't know. I don't know what to make of Atlanta, and I don't know if maybe I should be putting way more stock into the fact that the Bucks scored thirty-one points and a half and basically yeah. did whatever they wanted against Atlanta, because that that might look a that. lot more impressive, to be honest.
0: No, you're, you're exactly right. So, I mean, so that's crazy. As as this Bucks victory Monday Q and A train continues, Nate Pitts got a Trevor question for you. Would you rather take a punch in the face? from Tyson Barry uh or Barry uh, uh Barry handed um are we talking about Tyson Barry or are we talking about Mike Tyson here or a hit in the ribs I think rib.
1: Tyson barehanded
0: okay from Mike or Tyson barehanded a, a hit in the ribs uh with the baseball bat from uh, Griffey Jr. I'm taking the shot to the ribs every time um I you know I, yeah I, because not
1: it's not a, it's not a with. yeah
0: and, and I don't need this messed up any yeah. more than it already is. So, you
1: can't, yeah. Plus, you know. I mean, that, you're talking about your brain potentially being affected there. Right. You know, your ribs. Sure. Well, you know, you, you can, can probably recover from it.
0: I'm 48. Drew Brees is, what, 41? If yeah. he can come back in a couple of weeks and play football with 11 broken ribs, I like my chances of typing stories and doing a podcast with some broken ribs. Um, sure. you know, otherwise, you know, I might not be able to – to do the, the Peter that's Report true. podcast, that my nose is all bashed not in. <laughs> my teeth are knocked out, and I've got black eyes. So, that um, is
1: very much a Trevor question, though. So, that is so. Shout that's me. I
0: bet you, John, the ribs you're taking the ribs. Oh, Sean? I'm taking the ribs
1: all the way. Yeah, no question. Um, Nate also asked, Would the Bucks welcome GMC back in a Tampa return? Filled this one, Scott, because I mean, I, I think I know where no. you're going, but <laughs> no, <laughs> not that's gonna happen. The that's right. He's hurt up. too. Anyway, he's, yeah. I forget what his injury was, but um, yeah, he's definitely hurt right now. Yeah. Uh, do the Bucks ever use banjo coverage um, would be a good answer versus rubs, but it's hard to execute. Yeah. Every team should have banjo calls. Yeah. And that's basically for people who don't know, That's basically when you're in press man and you need to communicate switches on rubs and like, so if the outside receiver goes in, we're going to switch it and you have to kind of play a little bit staggered from each other to do it smoothly. Yeah. Um, and so, usually give like a banjo call pre-snap uh, to determine those things. I mean, every team should use it. The Bucks really haven't played enough press man this season to run into the like. It's not right. like I've seen it a lot on tape, or like they don't know what they're doing in these situations. That right. hasn't really been a big issue for them. But yes, if they switch, uh, if they switch uh, schemes against the Saints, it would be an issue for sure. I would think, cause they, they definitely would run into that. Yeah, and, need
0: and to, they used to run it quite a bit, believe it or not, back in the Monte Kiffin days, when Joe Barry right. was a linebacker uh, coach for the Buccaneers, he used to, to uh, run banjo a, a pretty decent amount. Right. Uh, you know, the Buccaneers didn't always play Tampa too. It wasn't like a, in every single down stable, especially later as the years rolled on.
1: Right. For sure. Uh, Eric wants to know if, if Carlton Davis is healthy. Oh yeah. he already asked this one about the move at cornerback, by for the sure. way, um, I really think we're not talking enough about a Jason light bringing in Ross Cockrell. You know, I don't yeah. know if it, when everybody's healthy, I don't know how much he will play and if it'll make an impact, but it's the kind right. of signing that can make an impact. If somebody goes down, right. it can save you because he's a legitimate top three type of corner for a team. Yeah. This team had nothing at depth at corner. Right. They went and grabbed him off the street and he's been, I mean, you could make an argument. He's been their second best corner. I know the sample size is smaller, yeah. But he's certainly certainly been their second most consistent corner. There's no question yeah. there.
0: Um, and, and the thing too is it's a move similar to to trading for Steve McClendon, right? I mean, and McClendon has has done his job. He just filled in th- for that that body. There hasn't been there hasn't been the level of play, certainly, that Vita Vea has, right? In terms of pushing the pocket, uh, helping with the pass rush. And and obviously neither McClendon nor Raheem Nunez Rochester are nearly as stout as Vita Vea. But yeah. Last time I looked, uh, Tampa Bay's run defense uh, still tops and by a pretty wide margin. Do teams really want to run on the, on the Buccaneers? Do did they, did they kind of just give up before they even try? Yeah, they kind of do, but at the same time. Lions um, didn't. <laughs> down yeah, down I mean, 20 it, nothing. Well, yeah, but the thing is the Bucs, 77.5 uh, yards per game. The next team is the Colts at 92.9, so Tampa yeah. Bay has a wide lead there. And, uh, and yeah, credit to life for going out and making that trade from McLendon for bringing in Ross Cockrell, a veteran player, uh, mm-hmm. to help steady this this cornerback group. Um, you know, he he gets he gets a a lot of props from me for for the job he's done. Not just prior to the season, not just right at the beginning of the season, bringing in someone like Fournette, but but also coming through with a couple of in season moves to help right. the team.
1: That's the thing, man. Those types of moves, if you got your eyes – I mean, I remember the Steelers picking up Joe Hayden right before the season started after he was a late cut by the Browns. Most people thought he was done, and he's been great for the Steelers for years now. And it's been huge because they couldn't draft corners. They were bad at it every single year. And they picked him up right before the season. A lot of people thought he was he was done and that he was going to end up being an early retiree because he couldn't run anymore. And right. he's resurrected his career in Pittsburgh, been great um, or a second contract there. Um, and so that's, was one of the biggest moves and it was an afterthought kind of at the time, other than the fact that he was a name and a former first rounder, most right. people didn't think it would work out the way that it has. And it's been life. So those kind of moves, man, Cockrell might not be on that level, but it's, it's huge to have a guy like that It's already been huge for them. Yeah. Um, if they're smart and they end up, you know, if they, if they get into the playoffs and they get toasted cause SMBs out there, if they get, you know, like they have in several, I mean, look, if they had replaced SMB in the Atlanta game, we wouldn't be talking about no thirty-one point comeback, whatever right. twenty whatever comeback it was like that wouldn't that wouldn't be the storyline. Like, let's—I mean, he was literally getting just destroyed every snap, and they wouldn't. And I know Carlton got hurt, but again, you got to make adjustments, and you got to. So anyway, um,
0: hey, here's here's a question. Uh, this is AFC. We talked a lot about the NFC, obviously. Do you think the Chiefs get upset in the playoffs? If so, by who? I, I don't think I mean, the Chiefs are are a lock for the Super Bowl this year. I, I think they certainly if, aren't
1: playing very strong.
0: Right, if Cleveland, if Cleveland is hitting on all cylinders offensively, and and their their defense can can get to Mahomes a little bit, Miles Garrett, uh, that running game is is dangerous. Cleveland, yeah, they
1: just lost to the Jets, Scott. I know they had the COVID issues. they are the
0: Rams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, trust me, if if they didn't have COVID, I think they would have handled the Jets. But I I, do, yeah. uh them, Baltimore, there are some teams. Buffalo, maybe. Yeah,
1: Buffalo is the one I was – I mean, you know, honestly, Scott, here's the thing with the Chiefs. They really haven't played that sharp. Buffalo's played better over the last month. I just don't know if it matters. I mean, the Chiefs didn't even play that well in the playoffs last year and they won the Super Bowl. Like how many teams can ever – say? you know what I mean? Like they they got down like 20-some points every game and they won. I mean, it's just – I don't know whether it matters whether the Chiefs play well. Like Patrick Mahomes played horrendous the other day yeah and i mean he has like 16 drop picks this season i saw i mean that luck usually eventually catches up with you but if you pick one off against them and score that just makes them more aggressive and when they're more aggressive yeah. they're at their deadliest and so it's they're hard to to solve for sure um so i think that the buff the bills could beat him for sure um i, I agree they're probably he the only one i would think could beat him but
0: Yep. Here's a, a quick, easy answer for this one. I think you'll agree with me. <laughs> Tom Brady gonna lead the team. No, I think Brady retires as a Buccaneer, whether it's after this season, if he wins the Super Bowl, or next year, or if he stays for two more years. I think this is his his one and only other team, aside from the yeah. Patriots. Yeah, yeah right? for sure. Uh, it's on
1: YouTuber 111111. One. I yeah. might be a bot right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, um, big-name cornerbacks and free agency this offseason from Nate Pitts. Yep. I would have to look. I'm not there yet, but
0: they're, they're not going to sign one.
1: I was going to say, yeah, they're not going to. They're not going we'll to position. another there, one, though.
0: but they're not going to sign one. Uh, because it, the money, the money that they're going to pay is to Carlton Davis after his last year. So they'll pay Carlton in 2022 if he continues to play at a really high level. They still have Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy, Bunting. Okay. I think you need to add another corner into the mix because you can't, you can't keep all three once those guys. Hit right. If, if Dean ascends to that level, then your other corners for depth, cornerbacks three and four and five on your your team need to be need to be on rookie deals because if you're going to have your cap tied up with two expensive cornerbacks and Dean and Davis going forward, and we'll see if that ends, ends up happening.
1: Well, uh, to me, I, I don't think that you know it's. On. I don't think it's a big deal right now, to be honest. I know I've ripped on Sean Murphy bunting a good bit, but I mean, Jamel Dean showed enough promise that. You want to go into next season with him as an option. You want to keep obviously Murphy Bunting still going to be around. You're going to, you know, they're going to go into next three in next season, I'm sure, whether they should or shouldn't, you about those three guys, they're top guys. And, and then if you can get Ross Cockrell back, you know, here and sell him, hey, you can compete for this nickel job. And frankly, you outplayed the guy, you know, last year, like, you know, come back on a short deal. I mean, he was on the street, you know, nobody, he wasn't on anybody's roster. And so yeah. maybe he wants to do that. A veteran with a window to maybe win, um, you know, I think that that could be appealing to him. Uh, for cheap. And so that's an option I think uh, for them. And they were one the next season with these as their top four. And I I'm fine with that, honestly, because yep. Dean has the promise to be the other outside guy, to be honest, if he can just play consistently um, you want to go in year three, hoping to get the best out of him. And I think if SMB struggles, you're more likely to turn to Cockrell after a full off season and training camp to evaluate and, and know what both guys are bringing to the table, you know, in year three, you want to be like, all right, this is time. If SMB's not showing up now, we're going to bench you. And so, right. I think I think that could be okay. And honestly, they don't probably if they bring back the guys we think and they bring back, um, which leads into this question how likely do you guys think it is that Godwin and A B are on the roster next season? A B's not gonna be right. uh, and, and Godwin probably is. So if you bring back Godwin and David and trying to bring back Barrett, there's just no way that you're gonna pay another corner, you know. So
0: it's just the way that it is. Yep, exactly. Um here's one Patrick Peterson, no. Patrick Peterson will be 31 next year. He's going to want too much money. Uh, as He's much not going to get anything. He's yeah.
1: terrible. He's gone destroyed yeah. this season. I don't and know what he, happened. I Man, corners just fall off the map. It's do. crazy.
0: As much as Jason um, White and Bruce Arians like Patrick Peterson right. and really respect the guy and, and the, the player in his in his former greatness, um, they've had multiple chances to get a Tyron Matthew and, and haven't done so. so and, mm-hmm. and they love Matthew, but it just – just, uh, you know, just because you you sometimes you can connect those dots, but it, it doesn't end up going anywhere. So, right.
1: I mean, in Patrick Peterson, you know, again, if he were younger and if he were trending, in the, if he weren't trending in, in the complete wrong direction, like he is this season, maybe, but he's gonna be 31 after, you know, by the time next season rolls around and he's frankly just been horrible this year i don't you know i don't know what happened but some you know some of those guys xavier Rhodes, same thing i mean he's been a little bit better in indy but that scheme is so corner friendly um you know so i i just think it's uh, not going to happen i you know too he'll probably want too much and he's probably not going to get it to be honest many places so yep do the bucks uh, feel their you. next head coaches on the sta- already on the staff scott oh that's an interesting yeah, they do. question
0: yeah Th- thank you robert farmer for the super chat we appreciate the ten dollars very much yeah, eric uh, yeah, they do. I've, right now, it would be Todd Bowles. And and then who would replace him as the defensive coordinator? Because just like when he became the head coach of the Jets, Bowles would not be the play caller. But it wouldn't be Casey Rogers, who was the play caller in New York. Um, I think that, that they would go to Larry Foote, the, uh, the outside linebackers coach. He mm. is a coordinator in waiting, according to Bruce Arians. Very, very... Smart, cerebral guy. Played many years in Pittsburgh. John, you you've seen him as as a linebacker there. The thing that's interesting about Larry is he's the only player that has gone right from being a Bruce Arians player to becoming a coach. Usually, those guys sit out for a year, and yeah. uh, and and that wasn't the case. He went right from from and or becoming like like a grad assistant, if you will, like like the um Antoine Randall L, right? Where he's he's that that offensive assistant kind of guy, not really a position coach. Larry Foote went right to becoming a position coach. So that mm-hmm. shows you how much Bruce Arians has respect for him. The only right. player that Arians has coached that has that has done that. That shows you how highly uh well respected that, that they believe that he is. So, he's got a lot of edge to him, uh, very dynamic personality, and very aggressive guy. So, I th- I think that he would be the defensive play caller. Casey Rogers would stick to being the defensive line coach. And maybe he becomes the assistant head coach to Todd. Right.
1: Yeah, it's going to be – I mean, and, and it's funny, you know, if, if Arians, I wrote an article last week before the Lions game. You know, that if Arians wants to coach and Brady's retiring after next season or yeah. – and Stafford at that point is pretty movable. Matt Stafford, you know, uh, if Matt Stafford wants to keep playing, which might be a question mark, even though right. he's not that old, um, yeah. if he wants to keep playing and his health is is fine um, and Bruce Aarons is still coaching, I just think he's going to be a buck. I mean, that well, would be, I just don't think Bruce Aarons wants to draft and develop somebody. He never really has done it. He yeah. knows he's at that point where he's probably going to go, you know, at that point, if he still wanted to coach, it'd be probably, you know, two or three year window, right. you know, the Bucks are good enough as a team. They're not an old roster. That's the thing. Everybody's like, "Oh, they yeah. they went all in for this season." Not really. I mean, the most of their roster is still you know young and still going to be good and right. around in, in in a year or two. You know, it says it's, it's not a,
0: It's nice to have an insurance policy, John. It's nice to have an insurance policy with with having a couple guys on the staff that could step in uh, as a new defensive coordinator if Bulls leaves, if Bulls becomes the head coach if Arians leaves, et cetera, et cetera. And and you know where. Where you want to go for your insurance, John. It's mm, Briar, Briar Greaves. Yeah. Yes. Our good friends at Briar Greaves. A lot of homeowners, you know, they're canceling. Uh, these homeowner companies, they're canceling. They're not renewing policies. Some are leaving Florida. They're increasing their premiums significantly. Uh, that happened to me. I did what Mark Cook told me to do pick up the phone, call Briar Greaves. I called 813 876 4166. I spoke directly to Briar Greaves himself. I've also spoken to Sam. Those guys. We we'll give you the personalized touch as well as the information on the best rates. And that's the cool thing. Some of these insurance companies are so big, there's no personal relationship. You don't know who you're talking to in the other the other end of, of the line. You can go to BriarGreavesInsurance.com and you can read more about that fantastic company that's family owned and it's been in the Tampa Bay area, serving the Tampa Bay area for 30 years for homeowners insurance, automobile insurance. Voters insurance, life insurance, commercial insurance, and flood insurance. If you already have insurance, you might be thinking, well, I already, I already have it. I'm set. What do I need to do? Well, you know what? Do what I did. Call Briar Greaves and get a second opinion on your policies. Maybe you're paying too much. Maybe you need more coverage. It's always great to have a second opinion, and not just for your health, but for the health of of your property. And, and, and that's what the folks at Briar Greaves can do. They're big Bucks fans. They're proud supporters of the Peter, the Pewter Report podcast and PewterReport.com. So support the people that support us, Peter Nation. Visit BriarGreaves.com, uh, BriarGreavesinsurance.com, I should say, or call 813 876 4166 today.
1: We got some interesting questions, man. Old habits die hard holding on for Bucks fans. They're talking about the offseason and free agency. And we are going to talk about all this, but quickly, just a bunch of people asking. What's going to happen with Gronkowski after the year? We've yeah. talked about this a little bit on the show before, Scott. The reality with Gronkowski is this: like, if he wants to keep playing, it's probably only going to be in Tampa Bay. It's hard for me yes. to picture him being like, "Oh, I want to, you know, cash out somewhere else and not win a super." You know what I mean? Like, the Tom yeah. Brady's guy, he came back to play. He loves the area. Like, I just think he's probably going to only play on a play as long as Brady plays, and that might be just one more year. So, I think he signs one year. I think he signs cheap, or he yeah. doesn't want to play and he retires again. You know, we'll, we'll have to yeah. see where he's at but here's the thing we're not talking about Gronk has been really good this season he's going to go up over 600 yards receiving on the year he's got seven touchdowns already he has the most 20 plus yard receptions of any tight end in the league this season uh he's just been awesome like he's made tons you put up his best 10 catches from this season against any other tight end in the league and you're going to be like wow I mean he could put up a thousand yards if he were in an offense you know that focused on him like he wasn't the patriots um He's a beast, man. I mean, he just beat solo coverage and made an unbelievable combat catch uh, in the game against the Lions. Um, he he can still play. He can still be a top five ten in the league, to be honest. Like, that's yeah. crazy. And I agree, John. That's who he is. is.
0: I think he takes a little bit less to stay. He's having fun. He's being productive. Yeah. And Not
1: the veteran minimum, like people are talking
0: about. No, no, no. But I, I think about half of what he's making now. He's making yeah. $9 million, I think $5 million. I think he's back for one more final hurrah with Tom Brady.
1: And again, all this adds up to, and we'll talk about this more. You know, all this adds up to. They're just not. You know, they're going to bring back Shaq Barrett and the David, Chris Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski. Even if the rates for Godwin and Gronk are lower than people think they'll be, which I think they will be, it's not going to happen if you keep Donovan Smith and Ryan Jensen at their current contracts. You can get out of those deals. They're going to have to evaluate health for for both of them at the end of the season, especially for Jensen, and they're going to see where things are at with both of them. But it's just hard to be paying double digit double digit uh um, no, well,
0: you know millions to those guys hard, like i don't hard to pay over six million for Cam Brady too you took a pay cut yeah, down yeah. I'm, you know,
1: I'm assuming he's gone yeah <laughs> as much as i love him yeah i you know there's just
0: Mike evans coming back, you know is mike evans a top five receiver john in the league
1: wow you really gonna feel that to me like i'm not gonna yeah. get stoned to death by bucks fans if i <laughs> he's not a top five receiver but he's a top 10 receiver so
0: be happy yeah, I think with that. this year, given his production and and also the fact that he's been banged up, I think the, the fact he's been banged up, the fact that that Tom Brady didn't have that full off season to get really in sync with him, um, I, I think that's played a role in the fact that he's still chasing a thousand yards heading into the the final game of the season. So um, I, I think I think he's got a top five talent, but he's had the year the production of a top ten receiver. In my
1: yeah, opinion. yeah. I mean, he's still really good, but again. I just think about things I value in a wide receiver. This isn't really a knock on him, but I just value guys who create with the ball in their hands. And that's, that's not really him. And I value guys who can move around and he's getting closer to that. Honestly, he's done really nice job lately in the slot. He's starting to understand that more, but you know, there, there are more ways to stop Mike Evans than there are other guys in the league, although he's honestly still getting better. And so that's huge. Um, But I mean, if you're talking about just pure vertical threats, like, you know, he's been, he's awesome, you know, Uh, um, he's a great player. Like, obviously I'm saying top 10 receiver in the league in a golden era of receivers right now. I mean, like he's, you know, all obviously for Hall all famer first ballot. Um, I just think that, you know, there are other guys I would value a little bit more. Cause they do a little bit more. Um, you know, yeah. so those are, that's just how I view the position.
0: We're going to wrap up our, our victory Monday bucks. Q and a with this last one here from house juke, John Scott, given what you've seen the last two weeks, would you still change the coaching staff? If you had the choice, if so, who would you hire? Well, no, I I think right now you can't argue with the results. The possibility of going eleven and five, um, I I liked. The, I I'd like to change this in John real quick. Educate uh, our viewers and listeners out there. You asked a very good question to Bruce Arians about the, the adjustments they've made coming out of the bye week, especially in the offensive side of the ball.
1: Right. Yeah. They. I mean, they were really one of the worst first down teams in the NFL. I wrote about it a couple. I wrote about it actually right during the buy, I wrote about how bad they were in first down. I wrote about how much they needed to throw more on early downs and use more play action and they need to solve protection issues. And I'm going to write about all of those three, those three things, um, not protection issues so much as answers for pressure. A lot of the time it's your concepts that need to change, not your offensive line playing better. That's probably the most misunderstood things fan. They see pressure and they just blame the O-line. There are yeah. so many layers to it um, and it's often not on the O-line at all. And so um, those were things they needed to change and they have, made progress in all three areas. So I asked Bruce Aarons just about first downs and what the direction kind of was coming out of the bye, And he, he mentioned that it was a big priority for them to get better on first down and to get more first downs on first and second down rather than third downs going into the bye, I believe the bucks were leading the league or right, right in your top three in the league in third down attempts. That's not great because it means right. you're always in third down and you yeah. don't want to always be in third down because even the best, Teams on third down are converting less than 50% of the time. So if that's exactly. the case, then you're just not sustaining offense consistently. And so it was really yeah. important for them to solve first down issues, throw the ball more, use more play action, run less, because that was one of the biggest issues. They were running very unsuccessful. They, the, they were the 30th ranked team in success yeah. rate running the ball on first down. So they just weren't getting anything on first down, and that was telling
0: them. And you know what? The thing is, is, is uh, there was a time when when John Gruden was being considered as the replacement for Dirk Cutter, and it ultimately went a different direction to Bruce Arians, and I think it certainly paid off with this long-awaited playoff berth. John, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think, in hindsight, John Gruden coming back to Tampa Bay uh, for Gruden 2.0 would work out. It certainly hasn't worked out. His return to the Raiders organization, John, uh, he has got a worse record through three years than Jack Del Rio or Tom Cable, the most recent Raiders coaches – that also lasted to the end of their third year. Del Rio was 25 and 23 with a 52% winning percentage. That's that's a good mark. Cable was 17 and 27, a 38.6% winning percentage. John Gruden in in three years with the Raiders, two out in Oakland, the first year here in Las Vegas, 18 Mm -hmm. and 29, a 38.3% right behind Tom Cable. So, I think the Buccaneers ultimately <laughs> did the right thing, getting Bruce Arians out of retirement. That's another credit to Jason Light, um, who not only right. got Tom Brady here, but but kind of did the catalyst to help get Brady here by getting the quarterback whisperer out of retirement, uh, right. saying, hey, uh, I know Lake Oconee is great, uh, Bruce, but uh, you're going to enjoy coming back to football for another couple years mm-hmm. in Tampa. Then you can retire to Lake Oconee, and let's uh, right. work out for the Buccaneers.
1: Yeah. And, and just to close this out, I think the, uh, no coaching changes necessarily. There are things and ways the coaching staff needs to grow. I'm rarely going to be one to say fire this person or change this person because a, there's a lot I don't see that I can't account for. And with that Bruce Arians for all counts and purposes that I've ever heard is a really culture guy and a really good leader. And it's yeah. obvious in the type of locker room Tampa Bay has, and that is valuable and probably more valuable than I can quantify not being in that situation. And so, that's important to me to consider. And that's why rarely you'll see me, you know, say, got to move on from this coach or got to, you know, um, you know, I think you need a large sample size to be able to say that. And the bucks are changing. They're growing as a staff and as a team. And that needs to be given time to work itself out uh, with Tom Brady, a quarterback might not have, you know, And the other, the other part of it is who are you going to get? Who do you know you're going to get that's going to be better? It just you know, yeah. it's, it's too hard to, to play that game. You know, everybody's like, Oh, Josh McDaniels. I don't want Josh McDaniels talking. He may call a little bit of a better offensive design. Maybe. I don't even know if that's the case to be honest. Um, but you want that guy leading your locker room? No, I'm um, no chance. Uh, don't even want to talk about Josh McDaniels to be honest. So I'm I'm rolling with this coaching staff and I'm hoping that they continue to get better and they continue to realize that they need to change things like they have out of the buy to a degree. Yeah. And if that continues to grow, then I think they're going to be moving in the right direction heading into next season, and we'll see how this season
0: finishes up. I agree. And, John, we're going to see how the Bucks stack up against the Falcons Wednesday, 4 o'clock, for the next edition of the Peter Report podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to us here on YouTube at uh, youtube.com backslash Peter Report TV. Click on the subscribe button, then click on notifications, and boom, every time that we go live, you're going to get that cool notification. You can also watch us on Twitter, and Facebook, we also stream live there. And if you want the audio version, you can go to our SoundCloud uh, downloads on pewterreport.com, and you can have the audio version and take it with you wherever you go. So, John, yeah. uh, another great show today. Great questions, yep. super chats from our our awesome loyal Peter Report readers. And you know what, John, uh, the last show of the year is Wednesday. That's Wednesday right. The this is <laughs> That's the one right. One.
1: So, yep, we're Wednesday
0: uh Peter Report podcasts until all the way into 2021. So <laughs> yep.
1: Wednesday and Thursday. We'll have them. Uh, well we do have Thursday. No,
0: not, not Thursday, it's right? Because New Year's yeah. Day. I forgot. Just Wednesday. And then right. we're gonna have uh a Falcons Bucks recap podcast 7 30 on Sunday night after the Buccaneers and concluded. we'll
1: have like a little you know I mean won't be a watch party but there'll be a little bit of a you know who's gonna win that game is going to determine the Bucks next playoff opponent right. and so or for playoff opponent so that's going to be an important one to keep our eye on as well so lots of good content coming wednesday 4 p.m we'll be back we'll be breaking down box falcons we will go in depth on this game it does matter it just doesn't matter quite as much as staying healthy so we'll have our fingers crossed we'll hope that those kind of decisions are being made and the players stay safe forever for this upcoming game so until then thanks so much for tuning in to another edition of the pewter report
0: podcast out out